You are listening to Radio Ramadan 365 Podcasts. Welcome to Millennium Discourses with Sajjad Ayyub and Sheikh Ibrahim Skatema. Today we'll be discussing Discourse 20, Spiritual Context. Our fundamental kind of uh, problem uh, as human beings is that we experience ourselves as existing separately from the world. Uh, we sense uh, uh, that we um, are discrete objects, not connected with anything else. And that experience of separation from the world produces um, a problem because um, it, uh, if you construct that idea of separation in terms of a set of binary opposites, it means I'm very small and it is very big. I'm very vulnerable and it is unassailable. Um, in fact, um, everything that I could sort of define myself as, I will always see myself as necessarily the, the one under threat. So to see yourself as separate from the world is actually a very alienated and threatening place to be. It turns out though, that our experience of living, of being separate from the world that we're in is a learnt experience. Um, it's one that got accumulatively sort of built up, you know, greater and greater sense of difference as we accumulated an idea, a sense of identity of who we are. You know, I'm this person, I have this biography, I have this story. And so all of these sort of ideas of distinction and separation eventually creates the conditions where um, you, 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 you do experience yourself as, as, as alienated and, and under threat. Annihilation means the, the destruction, because it, it is a destructive framing, the destruction of that biographically constructed sense of self this idea of who you are, for that to go, um, for that to be wiped out. Because when that is wiped out, then the original experience of oneness, which is what every infant has when they are born, becomes your firsthand experience. Um, so this annihilation in that sense um, is, it's a, it's, it's a state that we would wish for, and it's a state that we would um, uh, pursue to experience. Um, with, but the reason why the word annihilation is useful to understand the state um, and, and, but is basically that this thing is not for sissies, because it really is about dealing in death, dealing in the, the, your death, in the end of your sense of... Uh, existing as a discrete individual, the end of your biography, you know, the end of your boundaries. Um, yeah. So but sometimes people call it the metaphorical death, but uh, it is, it's, it's very real nonetheless. So that's how I understand that. That's why I think annihilation is, a, despite the fact that the, the language is dramatic, it certainly is something that I think one should uh, seek to pursue and, 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 and achieve. I laughed when you said that, you know, the most dangerous things to get those that we think to give us the final solution, because we've got 
you know, we've, we've had the thought that we had the final thing that will do it. I mean, you use the f- metaphor of folk playing the lottery. Mm. Tell me about that. Uh, uh, well, there's, so there's this, um, there's this tendency we have to think that, you know, um, I, I can do something extreme and then my life will be fixed. You know, uh, and and I mean that can be really extreme. So um, um, th- there's a there's a, 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 a an understanding of this in anthropology, and it's called millenarian uh, movements, millenarian movements rather. And what a millenarian movement is concerned with is um, this understanding that at the end of time we will all be in paradise and all that we have to do is basically destroy the life that we have. So um, uh, there was, and there's a very good example of this, there was a, a cult in the Eastern Cape in South Africa in the late 19th century that was started by a young woman called, in fact, a girl. I mean, she was not more than, not a lot more than a pubescent girl. Her name was Nomnawuse. She had a, a, a couple of visionary experiences where the ancestors came to her and said to her, if the people, that is a, the Tosa people of the Eastern Cape, slaughtered all their cattle, killed all their cattle and burnt their crops, if they did that as a sign of faith, then um, the ancestors will come back from the dead, the whites will all be chased back into the sea, and they'll, they'll live in a paradise where there'll no longer be any death and everybody will be happy ever after. Basically, that was the idea. And the problem is that this young girl got a following. And so they did that. They slaughtered the cattle and they burnt the crops. And um, what ensued is the most horrendous uh, famine. I mean, obviously, you know. Um, so, so, this is the problem with final solutions that uh, uh, because final solutions are uh, it's it's kind of, it's like bargaining with Allah. Mm. Now, there's a particular term for this in South Asia. I don't know. Uh, uh, um, uh, somebody told me this in the week, but it slipped my mind. You may know it, Sajjad Saab, that uh, um, you you uh, you you make a you broker a deal with Allah. You say to him, listen. If you give me this boon, I will I will fast for an extra month, or um, I will. Uh, what do they call that? There's a word for this. Um, manat or ma, um, something like that. Anyhow, um, there's um, um, so there's this this idea that if you if you you broker a deal with Allah, you say mm-hmm. to him, listen, I'll um, I promise I will. Uh, uh, I'll do this for you if you just do this for me. The, I mean, just the, the, the cheek of it, I find unspeakably gobsmacking. I mean, who are you negotiating with here? I mean, and, and what tribunal are you going to kind of complain to if he doesn't keep the bargain? <laughs> it's outrageous. So this idea that we can do things to get things, you see, that we can broker some sort of a deal and that we can do really extreme things and then we'll get it all hmm. 
is 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 really problematic and and actually it's a, that psychology sits behind all utopian thinking and not just sort of spiritual or religious utopian thinking i mean that's exactly what drives utopian political movements you know i mean we all have the socialist sort of um uh, paradise all that we have to do is you know, sacrifice, well, somebody, I mean, the Jews or the, I don't know, the, everybody with kind of short hair, I don't know, read glasses. What, what did Pol Pot do? They killed everybody who looked like they could read. Oh my Literally, they killed everybody who wore glasses. Then we'd have a socialist utopia because then we'll get rid of hierarchy. So you get the most bizarre ideas. So this idea that you can do something really kind of out there, put it all out there, and then your life will change irrevocably. Is this is not our way? It's not the way of the of of, of the de of the dean. It's not the way of Islam. It's also not the the way of Tasawwuf. It's um, you know, our journey isn't an, is, is, is a whole understanding of our journey has to be incremental. It is not dramatic. It is not hysterical. It's not absolute. You know, and there's there's. There's no bargain to be had because you've already got it all. The problem is that you don't realize that you do. That's the issue. You know, I mean, um, uh, if you say to him, I want to a bargain with you, what you're saying to him is, listen, what you've given me isn't adequate. I mean, how's that for hubris? You know, I mean, how, how can you say that what he's, I mean, he's given you, he's engineered all things from the very first moment, from the Big Bang, to, I mean, unbelievable kind of dedication and fine tuning to produce the possibility for you to be here. And you say, listen, um, this is okay, but I really would like to pass that exam. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, if you do that, um, I don't know, I, I, I'll feed some poor people. It's, kind of, it's like, it's just astonishing that one could think like that. So, and you, so, so it's a very common human phenomenon. It's the, it's the implication of conditional motive. I do this in order to get that. If I construct my life on the basis of I need to do this in order to get that, if that's the sort of the game I'm playing with life, then it's a short step to say, well, okay, if I want to get it all, I've got to put, I've got to pay it all. Hmm. You said, I mean, it's, it's quite consistent, you know, but th that misses the fact that in fact, you don't, you know, the, the, the proper way of constructing your intent isn't, I, I want to get this, I'm going to do that. Um, it's the other way around. I've gotten this. That's why I need to do that. Hmm. I've already had it all. And, and now I'm sitting with this, this boon, which it's like having, you know, if you don't milk a cow, it go, the, it, she stops giving milk. If you want, if you need to dry a cow off, you know, mm. if you cattle, if you, you want to dry, and you need to dry a cow off, otherwise she won't conceive. So if you get into your next cycle, you actually incrementally milk her less and less and less every day. And then she dries up, then you no, no longer get milk. In other words, if you want to stop the milk coming, create the conditions where she no longer gives the milk. If you want to stop the boon coming in your life, you're like a cow, Sajad. If you want to stop the boon coming in your life, then stop giving. Ah, that's an interesting concept. So, so if you want to stop it. Understand your, 
your action doesn't need to be driven by what you're trying to get. Your action can be driven by the fact that there is so much. I can't stop it. It's overflowing from me. I'm not giving to get. I'm giving to give. That's called being unconditional. It's the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite of the hysterical kind of, I mean, you mentioned the thing of like the, uh, the casino, you know, I throw it all down in the big gamble. It's the exact opposite of that. It's saying, I've already got the casino. I've got it all. I'm throwing it down because I don't know what to do with it. It's too much. It's like my neighbor's got a very, an apple tree full of trees. I mean, so many apples, you know, you can't, no human being possibly eat this. So he's giving away apples. Of course he's going to give away apples. Otherwise they're going to rot otherwise. So it is with your life. You've got so much, there's so much boon to your life. And every human being's life is like this. I mean, not just the privileged. Every human being's life has got so much boon associated with it that, that in fact, if you just allow it to carry on going, there'll be more of it. But very little of it is yours. It comes through you. It's for others. Yeah, so, so don't give in order to get. I mean, I'm not saying this is a moral statement. But let, me, let me reframe this. When you give in order to get, then your, your, the place that you're operating from is an emptiness that will never fill. It's bottomless emptiness. And the way to understand this is the idea that is, is to look at how we pursue money. You know, we think, you know what? I, I feel a bit insecure. If, if I only had, you can pick the number. I mean, you know, uh, so you know, a million pounds in the bank, then I'll, then I'll be fine. Yeah. You get the million pounds and then somebody tells me, you know, this could happen to you and that could happen. Oh my God, you know, that's true. You know, yeah, I could lose the million pounds. Actually, I need two. So you're getting, a, where's this going to end? Do you honestly think that each increment of the pounds being more is going to make the insecurity on the inside any less? It doesn't actually, it makes it worse because there's more you can lose. So, so the emptiness inside doesn't get filled by the stuff. You can get as much stuff from the world as you like. It doesn't have to be pounds. It could be whatever. It could be whatever tickles your fancy. You know, um, dollars, could be cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, lots of nothing will make you very happy. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, so yes, carry on. Yeah, so in the in the, in this twenty first century, uh, as in the last century world, we're all trying to get there. <laughs> you know, it goes back to <laughs> we're trying to get there, but it never seems to happen. You know, and <laughs> is there an answer? But I think you've kind of answered that already. Yeah. No, it's like the, the idea of the pot at the end of the rainbow. You know, I mean, yeah. the rainbow yeah. it doesn't stay on that hill. You get to that hill, it's on the next hill. And you get to that on the next hill. You know, that's the that's the that's one of the implications of the sigh. Um we're on Hajj, you know, the sigh, the running between mm -hmm. Safa and Marwa. Mm -hmm. um, evidently in the uh, pagan days, that there was a there's a female deity on the one hill and there was a male deity on the other hill. And what it actually represented is the <clears throat> the human being's capacity to run from pillar to post. And never to be satisfied. You know, the grass is always green on the other side. So if you're in Safa, then you need to be in Marwa. If you're in Marwa, then you need to be in Safa. And so this, you know, the, um, and so that madness never ends until you find 
the single fascination, the cornerstone, which 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 doesn't keep you oscillating like this, but keeps you sort of circumambulating this one theme, not opposites, the singular, you know, which is this is the, the tawaf of the Kaaba. So it's a very nice way of understanding that uh, ritual. Mm. So many of us as, are success-driven. You know, most Muslims in the West come from an Im immigrant background and we're chasing that American dream. So if you will, what you're saying and, and the circle is that it's futile. Why don't we just sit on a beach somewhere and just have a few drinks? Good why idea. Bother? Why bother? Good idea. Do, which beach do, where, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? <laughs> Bodrum. You said Bodrum. Very nice. Bodrum's very nice. Yes. <laughs> we start off with Bodrum and then we go Zanzibar. Then we go to Zanzibar. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, no, I mean, that's only in gesture, uh, clearly. Well, well, the thing is that you then basically you'll get mastitis. I can see you've got no agricultural background at all because you look bemused. <laughs> so, so one of the things that happens to a cow, because is coming back to our cow message. <laughs> one of the things that happens to a cow if you don't milk it and you leave too much milk as you're trying to dry it, is that it gets mastitis. Mastitis is a terrible disease. It's, and women also get mastitis, by the way. It's basically, it's an infection in the mammary glands based on the fact that the milk's not being cleared out. Now, if we say you're here for something to flow through you, and you then go and sit on a beach so that it doesn't flow through you, you'll get inner mastitis. It'll go rotten in you. You see, I mean, so so uh, you, the, the, the purpose of your life is to make a contribution. It's not to get something. I mean, the, the, so we, we aim our children completely up the wrong kind of alley, not, not because we equip them to do stuff. We aim them up the wrong alley for, in the first instance, because we, we, we equip them to do stuff to get stuff. We don't understand that you don't need to do to get, you need to do to do. And then what's even more tragic is that we equip them to do stuff, to get stuff, even if the thing that they're doing to get the stuff is soul destroying for them. We don't give a damn, as long as it makes money. You're gonna become an engineer. The guy, he wants to sing. He's got the most unbelievable voice. Or I don't know, he wants to become a street musician. Or, you know, I mean, or a doctor. Or a doctor or, or a whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Or, or maybe he doesn't want to go to university at all. He actually just wants to be a shopkeeper because he's damn good and he loves the shop. No, but I've worked in the shop my entire life. I don't want you to be a shop. I want you to do something better, you know? Um, uh, so so we, we kind of impose our aspirations on young people and we don't kind of allow them to sort of be the thing that they want to be. So I have a very good friend who's, um, who runs a very successful school in Karachi. And um, uh, his story was interesting because I think 
of he 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 went to the US and he I can't remember what he initially started to study, but then he decided that he it was something more useful. I don't know, but uh, but then he decided he wanted to study teaching. And I mean, you can imagine. So so this guy's not much younger than me. So you can imagine what an as sort of a, how a, um, um, a parent in from Karachi was funding their son to study in the U.S., who was then supposed to be doing something useful. And this guy decides, I mean, this would have been in the, in, in, in the, in the 70s. Right? This guy decides he's going to become a teacher. You know, honor the teacher. You know, no, I mean, uh, I mean, give it, give it to the dad. I mean, he said, fine. And he supported it. And actually, this guy is now running one of the most successful schools in Pakistan. And has actually become, you know, a seriously influential person. And, and it shows you, I mean, you know, you know, uh, don't get in the way of somebody else's aspiration. Mm. Yeah. So we should get behind our children that want yeah. to aspire to do. What about if they don't know what they want to do? Well, that's a problem. Uh, 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 then one should still get out of the way to allow them to hit a wall. Because, you know, this person's life as your life has an implicit sense of design, which is trying to come out. You know? and, and it's not a design that you as the parent put in. It is a design that Allah put in. And, and you know, it's, it's, the, it's the, the, the story that we spoke about last time. You know, his relationship with us is like a block of marble and a, and a sculptor. He's the sculptor. And his 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 chisel is is, uh, is 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 time, and his his uh, his mallet is catastrophe. And everything that happens to you knocks off a little bit of marble, you see. Until eventually, as uh, as Michelangelo said, when I sculpt a horse, I take away all the rock that doesn't look like a horse. Mm-hmm. So he's the sculptor of your child. He's the one who's making this being. He's the one who's having the interaction. Get out of the way. You can imagine if Michelangelo had this little sort of the the, the kind of the the, the 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 parent of the marble kept on trying to give. Hey, you can't hit my child. Get out the way. Stop. Stop. That matter. Take that. No. That, no. No. Please. I mean, that's it. Must hurt. <laughs> I think Michelangelo said, oh, "Well, okay, I'll just go get another piece of marble." <laughs> <laughs> leave this thing to rot on the beach yeah uh, so um so the the uh, uh we have to trust that our children's lives have a sense of implicit sense of design um and that that design will come out and that we we need to do a lot more of a getting out of the way than sort of taking care of and this is really apparent in families where there's a lot of privilege you know, I mean, where, where, where children are, don't have to ask, uh, struggle and they don't have to suffer. You know, I mean, how often doesn't that completely destroy people? Um, I don't know if we spoke about it last time, but uh, um, we might have that we had. A, I just came across a, a biography of, of John Paul Getty. Mm. 
Did we speak about Getty? Yeah. Yes, we did. And I think we did. And, and every one of his children became a catastrophe. I mean, like, like terrible, disastrous people, you know, like just, just the wealth completely destroyed them. The biggest curse on their family was wealth. So us providing for, making possible for, maybe that's really not necessarily the right thing. You know, you've got to get out the way, not stand in the way of this being becoming what they're supposed to become. Hmm. I mean, some, some may find this message a bit depressing. Is there another way to see it? I mean, you've kind of elaborated. Yeah, I think way, allowed. Yeah. Yeah. that we, 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 we are here to do stuff. Hmm. We're not here to get stuff is the point. Yeah. You know, and when we, when we calibrate what's significant in our life purely on the basis of what it gets, um, either by way of wealth or accolades. Uh, this is not setting our children up for a happy life uh, because it's getting them chasing something that's completely ephemeral. Um, and in a similar vein, it's the same implication for success. I mean, uh, you know, um, the successful life is one that has been expended. So if we say that you've been given this 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 um, this vessel of potential mm. that is is vast. Then what should happen by the time you die is that that vessel should be empty. You should have given it all. It should be, or you know, then your life has succeeded. Then the code that was put in you when you came onto the planet, that code has been realized in its entirety. Uh, so you, 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 you measure a life not on the basis of what the person achieved or what they got. You, the per, the, we're not one, because I mean, you wouldn't know this, but Allah will know this. You know, the value of your life is the extent, the extent to which you gave it and gave it all. You know, um, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a life that is worthy of a good death. No, because otherwise you have regrets. There will be regrets. Oh, I didn't do that. I didn't do this. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. Jazakallah khair. And until the next episode, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa Listeners, you are listening to Millennium Discourses. We will be back tomorrow with another topic. We would like to thank Etsko Skatema. Till tomorrow, Allah Hafiz. Allah Hafiz.